Hey, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of BCS Community Connections. Today on the podcast, I've been blessed to have Miss Jennifer Stark, and Jennifer is here representing Stark Farms today. And if you've never heard of Stark Farms, you're going to get an opportunity to hear about her business today and what she's doing out at her place between here and closer to Hearn. And we're going to talk about that location here towards the end of the podcast. But we wanted to bring her on today to talk about Stark Farms and talk about what it is that she does out there and services and things that she's got going on. So you have a horse farm that's out there that yes. we want to talk about. So, But before we get into that, I wanted to kind of have you tell everybody a little bit about your background, where you grew up, what brought you here to College Station, how long you've been here, and then we'll go off into your business a little bit. All right. So I'm originally from Colorado. Um, my mother actually moved us to Las Vegas when I was nine years old. Mm -hmm. So I lived there for 17 years, was raised by a single parent, and uh, I ended up uh, marrying a man, and we moved to Texas. Uh, That was 15 years ago, so Mm -hmm. his family was from here. And uh, I just have been here ever since. I absolutely love Texas. Um, Las Vegas is definitely not a place to raise your kids, so (laughs) I, you know, have three boys, so, you know, Texas was definitely a good culture shock, for sure. Probably more in line with who you were at the core, I guess, like, when we talk, when we're going to talk about your business here a little bit, I'm curious if Texas kind of matches up when people start thinking about horses and things like that, it's usually the first thing they kind of think about is Texas Cowboys and things like that, so... So you own Stark Farms, and Stark Farms came to be how? Like, when did that come into existence? So um, when I moved to Bryan, Texas, um, and I actually moved to the the house that I'm in now. I've been here for 15 years, so we haven't moved around. Um, So I went through a divorce. Let's see six, six, seven years ago, and um, that's when Stark Farms became. I had been um, riding and training before that, and I had a business with my ex-husband, and so I switched the the name and, um, you know, how I do things, and I just kind of made it my own, Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I specialize in beginner horsemanship, you know, I used to do uh, a lot of training, starting horses, getting ready for trail. Um, and, you know, I've completely, you know, changed my business model and um, concentrate on, you know, getting a lot of knowledge out there and uh, teaching people about horses, getting them comfortable around horses. And, um, you know, the knowledge is a big thing just so, uh, you know, we don't have, uh, you know, I've done a lot of equine rescue just so we don't have uh you know, more, more rescues out in the world. Um, so I just really try and instill, you know, how to care for them and, uh, you know, just to, you know, and, and to enjoy them. Um, you know, it's, I don't know. Uh, well, I, so let's talk a little bit cause this horse deal wasn't in play when you were in Las Vegas, right? No. So your love of horses and your interaction with horses really kind of started when you moved here to Texas. 
Yeah. So I've always loved horses. I, I think every little girl loves horses and I've always wanted to ride horses. Um, since my parents were divorced when I was young, um, I never got a chance to go take horseback riding lessons. Mm. Um, that's definitely something that was like on my to-do list during that time. Um, so it just wasn't an opportunity. Um, I finally did get that opportunity. Um, you know, with my ex-husband, he grew up riding horses Mm. and he did some training. And so, I rode my first horse about 15 years ago. <laughs> so, yeah. A little later in life than, uh, yeah, a little than, later than the life. girl's dream of having a horse and riding a horse yeah. and doing all that. It, it's definitely just never too late. Um, and I just went head into it. I mean, it was, I was riding and training just like every single day. Yeah. And, um, you know, from the time I got up to the time I went to bed and, um, riding horses I probably shouldn't have been riding and you know that I I just I didn't know any better yeah you know um so but I've definitely learned you know a lot uh during those years and uh you know just really been able to um I don't know it's it's like I've always done it yeah you know well it's it's something you're passionate about and you're passionate on it on a bunch of levels because not only are you passionate on the side of just taking care of horses, horse health, uh, things along those lines that kind of are, are things that go along with, you know, as you're riding a horse and you have a place now that you're stabling horses and everything. Now, all of a sudden, you have to learn a lot more about it. I mean, it ain't just about, you know, hey, here's some food, here's some water, and here's a little brush, you know, and they're good to go. I mean, there's a lot more work that's entitled, entitled into having a horse. But then on the backside of all of that, your passion also then becomes bringing other people into that experience that you knew you wanted to do, hadn't had an opportunity to do up until you came to Texas. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, I know what this did for me and what it's done. I'm assuming, you know, we were, we we're talking a little bit in pre-show where we were talking about, I, I was telling you, I know some folks who, you know, equine is a part of, or I, I really should say equestrian is a part of what they do. They have a place that they go to and their daughter rides, but it really is kind of almost therapeutic to the sense of, you know, it's easy to have all of these things going on in your world. But then when you're out there, you have a horse in front of you, really your focus and attention of all the outside distractions and stuff really narrows down and your focus really becomes about you and the animal in front of you. And so I kind of would expect like people who are doing it, whether they've done it before and they come to you and they're maybe got a little bit of experience to it, or probably even more so if they've never done it and they're coming to you and trusting you for the first time, this opportunity to be able to, Oh, well, let me not only use the knowledge that I have that I've built up over time of being able to, to raise horses you know, cause you were really at that time, you were full blown into training, mm-hmm. breaking horses, getting them prepped. I mean, you're doing all of that. It wasn't so much for you at the point in the beginning, it wasn't much about bringing people into the experience as much as it was about you and the animals and really doing more horse preparation training for other people who were yeah. maybe stabling them with you and yeah. things like that. Yeah, well, people bring horses from all over. Um, 
Yeah, there's, believe it or not, there's not many people out there that start horses. Um, it's a dangerous thing. So, yeah. uh, you know, usually they get to a certain age and they go, oh, I'm not going to do that anymore. We're going to work on those finished horses, you know. <laughs> yeah. So then you've got a bunch of young kids that'll do it. Um, but, you know, it really takes a lot. Um, you know, these horses are not motorcycles. They're not something that you turn the key and you just go. Yeah. Um, they have emotions. They have, you know, th- that's something that, you, you know, someone might not consider is like we need to see where this horse is mentally you know we need to look at their body um behavior their ears their tail are they you know are they switching their tail is there are their ears back um are they stomping are they neighing are they you know fidgety um you know and then we need to look into um are they in pain Mm. you know if you get on a horse and you start riding and you know you didn't check their hooves and something's wrong you know, it's no surprise that you end up on the ground. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I try and, um, you know, teach that to uh, students now is, you know, you really need to pay attention to your horse and really have that connection and that, that partnership. Yeah. And so most people who are working with domesticated animals, mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't think it's rocket science to figure out, like, you know, how many people teach their kids or whatever, like, don't just run up to a dog and start petting them, mm-hmm. right? Like there's this interaction that takes place and you kind of extend your hand, I guess, for them to be able to tell like what your intentions are and all of that other stuff. So to hear you talking about the same deal of a horse, like, you know, in my head, again, I was telling you how much horse experience Mm -hmm. I got, which is pretty close to zero, uh, close enough to zero that I could probably round down to zero. Um, the idea of there's this, there's this enamored kind of lifestyle built around what you see on TV and people who have horses. Even if you see people interacting with horses in daily life, you just you have this idea like if I saw a horse come up to a fence in my head for whatever reason, in my head I'm going, "Oh, I could just walk up and pet that thing right on the nose, man, and it's going to love me forever," right? And and not the idea of what you're discussing like there's all these underlying things going on with a horse that's a lot more layered than even a domesticated dog or a cat or something along those, those lines where people are probably not, if they don't have equine experience, they haven't grown up around horses, they've never, never ridden a horse before or whatever, they just assume that horses in most cases are going to be docile, just going to be able to walk up, pet them on there, they're going to be awesome. Uh, you know, the first time that I went to uh, the stable where my friend's daughter rides, again, it was the same deal. Like, there's a horse right there. And I'm like, eh, put my hand out there and everything. And then the lady behind me is like, watch out because he might bite you. And I'm like, I don't think of the concept <laughs> of a horse biting my hand, right? You just, but again, you watch people interact with horses and you don't mm-hmm. see, in most cases, that side of it. Most people who are interacting with horses have, again, like you said, built a relationship with that horse. That horse knows who they are. And they've got the skill set to understand, like, what status this horse is currently in. Mm-hmm. You know, horses, I'm guessing, from what you're describing, are, are can be finicky. Mm-hmm. You know, they can definitely have a bad day and let you know that they've had a bad day and everything else. So as you bring in Stark Farms to the picture, and you're now... Because in the beginning, you were doing it more so for preparation purposes for people who were bringing you horses, and then you're turning that horse back over to them. Yes. So that the horse has been trained, you get this opportunity to kind of walk that client through, okay, here's what your horse has done, here's what we've learned, here's how I'm teaching them, and then here's your ongoing piece, because it's not like 
okay, once Jennifer gets hold of it, that horse is good to go for the rest of its time. I mean, it's like, here's maintenance, almost like having a car, I guess, you know, like here's maintenance, here's things that you need to be aware of. Here's things that, you know, this horse will respond to positively. Here's things that are negatives that you want to make sure of. So really it's like an all around training purpose for getting this horse prepared for the client that's bringing them to you for your services. Now, Stark Farms today looks a little bit different than that. So that's kind of where you started at, and that's really kind of where your base knowledge, I guess, about those things that you were just discussing about, the physical things about a horse and things that you can see and and signs that they're actively giving you to let you know, are they in good shape that day? Are they in duress, you know, or distress? Distress. I'm using the wrong word there. Uh, to get an opportunity to be able to read those signs and then be able to react to them appropriately based on maybe what that horse needs from the person that's standing in front of them at that moment, or maybe what that horse doesn't want from that person standing in front of them. So today, Stark Farms has turned into more of an experience-based process for people who come to you. You kind of you've moved away. Are you no longer training horses? Like you kind of move. I know we were talking in pre-show about that. I mean, yeah. So. Hopefully, I won't be training horses anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm never going to say never, but um, ideally, I would like to just do lessons. Um, lessons, you know, our classes that we offer. Um, it's just, it's more of what feeds me. Yeah. You know, like I, it feeds, you know, not my pocketbook, but my soul. You yeah. know, I, I just love passing on the knowledge that I've learned. You know, like I said, it's never too late, late to learn. Um, and you know, I've had kids come to me, they're 20 years old and, oh, I've never ridden a horse. And is it too late? And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) not even close. Like you're still a baby. So, um, you know, and if that's something they want to do with their life, it's absolutely possible. And I'd love to give them that, you know, start that good foundation. So, you know, if they want to do something and they want to go work on a ranch or if they want to, I actually did work with a college kid this past year and that's kind of what he wanted to do. He wanted to learn how to do um, ranch work and cutting and things like that. And so he came to me for beginner horsemanship because mm. he wanted to know how to saddle his own horse. He wanted to know how to groom. He wanted to know how to, you know, walk, trot, lope, you know. So he, he was a beginner. So, you know, he had been on horses, but he had never had proper training. So, you know, we, I actually did teach, um, him this past year and he was doing quite well. And then I recommended that he continue on with, um, David Neeson Mm. and he does, um, you know, cows and, and, uh, things like that. So, um, I believe he's still over there with him. Um, but you know, it was a good, uh, foundation for him sure. to start and get comfortable and confident so he could go and continue what he wanted to do. So in the process now, do you, f- you were talking about, you know, I kind of moved away from this and I've moved into this role of what I want to see Stark farms become. And you talk about that feeding your soul more, you know, like, is that more so because there's, there's instant feedback from the person that you're with. Like you get to almost recognize it virtually immediately. Like when that person's there and they either make the connection with the horse or in a lot of cases, we're talking about somebody that we both mutually know that had a fear of horses like Mm -hmm. coming in and you get this opportunity to remove that fear from them by, you know, I was telling you that I've ridden a horse one time I was telling you and, 
think I was six years old or whatever, and I got bucked from the horse. Uh, not by the horse's fault, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, I got bucked from the horse, and that was it. I was done after that point. And and what's amazing is that, you know, 49 today, I can still remember that experience from six. I, it didn't traumatize me. I don't hate horses or anything like that, but I'm just not a big fan about getting on the back of one. Mm-hmm. You know, so this mutual friend that we were talking about that got up on a horse for the first time and had this fear of like, oh, what's this thing going to do? And how am I going to do this? And you went like all in on this. Like this was... It's almost like a passion of yours to remove that barrier for people who are nervous about it, or maybe it's their first time, or maybe they've had a bad experience on it. And that bad experience is like, okay, listen, you can have a bad experience doing just about anything, you know, but if you have a good teacher, you have a good resource in front of you, that being the horse or whatever, that's been trained appropriately and everything else. And you get to mirror those up together and then you get to see that defense kind of come down from that client. And now all of a sudden they're no longer like, they're not like gripping onto the mm-hmm. horse worried. Now it's like you get to see them relax. You get to see the horse kind of interact in that same line. Cause I'm imagining a horse with a rider on the back of it with somebody who is just freaking out, mm-hmm. you know, or that you can tell that the fear is really driving what's going on at that point that horse is in tune to that mm-hmm. that, oh, yeah, that absolutely. horse can that horse can sense that so you know to be able to kind of remove that from somebody and get them to where they're just comfortable is it not i'd have to imagine it's almost like watching this connection like happen right in front of your eyes well it, i mean it's like riding a horse for the first time like over and over and over again i, yeah. get, I get to experience that so many times yeah. um so we and t- vicariously through people that you're training or teaching yes. about the horse and horse riding yeah exactly i mean because sometimes you know you've got those kids on there and they're like you're saying just gripping on the horse and they're scared and they're they're shaking and they're just like oh i don't know i can't i can't do this and you know you just i just slowly you know just talk to them and i walk the horse a little bit if i need to we stop the horse you know um, but we, we, I take it as slow as they need it, yeah. you know, so I meet them wherever they're at, you know, if they're comfortable and they're confident and they're good to go, then we go, yeah. you know, but if they're not, then, then we slow down, we step back, you know, and we do whatever they need. Um, you know, we start off with balance exercises, so they will, um, you know, one of the balance exercises we do is they put both hands out, you know, and they do an airplane, mm. um, and so they're, they're riding the horse, you know, no hands and just, you know, sitting there and relaxing on the horse. And so, and sometimes they get, you know, real scared and they, they put those hands down. And I tell them, I say, if you need to put your hands down right. and then when you can put it up again. And then after a few times, they're like, I- I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. they get so excited and, um, it's just, it, it's just great to watch. And then to see that child progress, you know, several months down the road and they're, you know, trotting. Um, or I've got one child, she's been with me for about a year now and she is currently help. She's just turned 11 years old and she has been helping me tune one of my horses up hmm. and she comes out once a week and takes a lesson and she is, you know, loping that horse around the pasture and she's, she's so confident and she's, fearless it's it's i love watching her ride i mean it's yeah there's got to be something there's got i want to say a payback that's probably not an accurate statement. it might be to an extent but it's probably not an accurate statement but there's a payback that you kind of get in the process of watching that evolution with 
with your students, right? I mean, whether it's, again, first time, even whether it's somebody that's coming, maybe they, they grew up riding, but, you know, they moved to a city and you don't see horses around all over the place or whatever. And now all of a sudden they get an opportunity to kind of come back and, and get reinvested back in that process again, a yeah. hobby as a hobby, whatever it is it looks like for them. And you get the opportunity to, like you said, meet them where they're at. You know, maybe their comfortability, the comfortability level is higher because they grew up around them, but, you know. And sometimes it's not. They've yeah. had a bad experience yeah. or they're older now. You know, I've got one client, she's in her 50s and she's ridden quite extensively in her yeah. life and she's done um, eventing and um, she she's just getting back to actually, um, her horse is one of the first horses um Second horse I trained after I broke my back, actually. Yeah, I mean. And she has, she's doing great. I mean, so she's riding this horse that's three years old. You know, she's in her 50s, and she's just taking it how she she needs to, as slow as she needs to. And so we are currently, you know, walk trotting her horse. I go out there and uh, give her a lesson once a week. And then I ride the horse when she's done. And the two of them are just, you know, they're doing great together, um, and we've had no incidents. You know, the horse has not done anything bad. She hasn't had any issues, um, and her confidence is just growing. And so it's, and like I said, she's ridden quite a lot in her years, um, and she's done some things I haven't done, and yet I'm getting her confidence back to where she feels comfortable again, and on, on a young horse, and that's a, that's a big deal. And you said that you started students as early as? years old yeah and so this isn't like you know it's all it's almost like it's not even confined into well you know like you were saying earlier the 20 year old that was going am i too old to be riding a Mm -hmm. horse and you know you've got this you've got this process this this lesson that you're teaching people that really doesn't range in age it really just ranges among physical capability like in some cases it may be difficult for people who or older in age, arthritics, things like that, that it may be a little bit more of a process for them to be able to do it. But then also you're reconnecting people back like this lady that you're referring to, reconnecting mm-hmm. her back to something that's familiar with her. But again, it's, it's kind of like anything else. If you don't do it for a long period yeah. of time, the reconnection, it's kind of like riding a bike. Like, oh, yeah, I remember this is how this goes. Oh, yeah, this is how this goes. But you still get the process of reconnecting them back together to get that information flowing back again of what it felt like and then you get i would have to imagine outside of outside of maybe breaking the fear line that people have or the apprehension that they have about getting on an animal that you know you know if you've ever stood next to a horse they're not small you know that they can do damage you know that they have a, a capacity to be able to injure you and which is again what you have to respect about the animal but also at that same point, you also get to see the excitement, like you said, of doing it. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm actually doing something I maybe in some cases people I thought I'd never do or I said I'd never do. Man, like you said, maybe they've had an incident. And go, ah, that's it for my horse riding career. I'm out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talked about even your own process of, of getting injured, being around a horse and but then that love of the process, that love of what it is that you do being the thing that's like, okay, let's get this healed up so that I can get back to doing what I love doing because it really is your identity. I mean, your identity is kind of tied into this process of, of having these animals in your life and being able to 
lock them into experiences with other people who get to experience it. How, how many first timers would you think that you have? Oh my gosh. I mean, more, more than not, I'd yeah. say a lot of mine are, are just beginner horse riders. Yeah. So, I mean, and you get to be the bridge that brings them from whatever they're, wherever they're standing over here. Didn't have the ability to do it. Didn't have the money to do it. Didn't have the, the courage to do it. I mean, whatever that is for that person. Like, you know, if I grew up in a city my whole life, I probably never have even had the thought process of being able to ride a horse. Mm -hmm. And then you get to take this person kind of out of their element in your environment, which we'll talk about your environment here shortly, but you get to put them in your environment and give them something that they may have never even thought they'd be able to experience. And so I watch people like I've got friends who they go on vacations or whatever, and they end up horseback riding somewhere. And people kind of go through that, that process of like, that would be cool. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I've also watched some of my friends post videos of them screaming the whole way down a, a trail or whatever while they're on there, you know, and I'm like, what is this horse thinking that you're on the back there? And you're like, oh, my God, you know, the whole way down the trail while everybody else is just kind of riding nice and calmly. And so your environment. So let's talk about that a little bit. So you're outside of Brian as you're going towards Hearn. You've got a nice piece of property that's out there. How many acres you got out there? So we have five acres. Okay. So it's a small facility. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It is like my happy, peaceful place. We have, um, you know, not only do we have all of our horses, but we have um, turkeys. We have chickens. I have two geese. <laughs> um, they're, they're my, my guard geese. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, as every geese is, yeah. Every, I don't know that I've ever been around one that's just like, "Hey, come pet me!" Like they all want to chase me off of wherever I'm at. So uh, yeah, so everyone seems to like uh, Lewis. So it's Lewis and Thelma, mm. um, or Thelma and Lewis. Nice, so yeah. I get it. I so, get it. Uh, everybody always takes pictures with Lewis. I've raised him since he was a baby and, um, you know, he's, he's nice when he wants to be, but, um, <laughs> I, I tell everybody, you know, like our, our airplane, you know, just walk by, just yeah. keep walking and, yep. and, and, and don't make them. eye contact, <laughs> don't, don't make eye contact <laughs> with the goose. But, um, yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're interesting. They're, they're kind of uh, funny, but, um, so, you know, just, we have all the, you know, the animals out there. Um, actually, uh, we breed old English bulldogs, so I've got several dogs around. Um, I usually let Zeke out. Zeke is my resident, like, he'll, he's out there almost every day with um, all the kids or um, whoever's come for a lesson. And, yeah. you know, he's always wanting scratches. He never gets enough, so... Um, mistreated as I say in my household yeah. of three dogs that are around <laughs> every single person that comes in the door, you know? So, oh, yeah, yeah. He'll just go from kid to kid, you know? Yep. Okay. Who's next? But, uh, yeah. So it's just, I don't know. It's just all the animals and nature and, you know, depending on the time of year, I've got a big garden going. Um, it's just a very nice, serene, you know, place. And, you know, we've got baby, baby chicks right now, and I've got some turkeys in my incubator. And so it's just a, a fun place to be. So even, you know, it's really more than, you know, just the horses, you know, especially when we have like summer camps and, 
I've got my uh, homeschool horsemanship classes we're doing right now. So I get to show them, you know, and talk about the other animals as well. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, usually every day at camp they're, oh, can we go collect some eggs? You know, so they go and collect some eggs at the end of camp. <laughs> Hopefully not in Lewis's <laughs> pen over there or anything. Thelma's no, no. like, you better get away. I'll show you what's up. The well, and I think that's interesting because part of the reason for discussing your environment is you have other things for kids to be involved and active in, other than just the horse riding piece. Horse riding piece is kind of maybe at the center of all of that. But you also talked about like you've got archery, you've got other things that are kind of going on out there. Like if you're doing a camp and maybe that kid comes out and goes, eh, you know, this just isn't it for me. Mm-hmm. If you're my kid, that could be my kid. My kid could go out there and go, yeah, I thought I wanted to ride a horse, but I don't really. But, man, I really want to go over here, and I'm going to play with this bulldog that's hanging out over here keeps staring at me and wants me to pet it. You know I mean? So you get this opportunity to be able to keep a kid, uh, really, in most cases, regardless of where they stand, there's probably something there in your environment that will be stimulating and be able to garner the attention of kids that are coming onto your property. Right. So, well, we ran into that last year, um, you know, because of COVID, uh, a lot of the summer camps were shut down. Yeah. So we are outdoors. So we were, you know, a lot safer than indoors. Sure. And, um, you know, so I actually did five summer camps last summer, which was the most summer camps I've ever offered. And I did that strictly because of the need, mm. you know, kids needed to go to camp. Yeah. And so we had kids that we wouldn't have had in previous years um, that had contacted. I had a whole group of kids. They were um, from two different families and they filled a whole camp. Um, and they, you know, had gone to other camps in town, but they said, because we offered the archery and the roping and, you know, we have horseshoes and plus the horseback riding, mm-hmm. they decided they, they'd give it a shot. And those kids had a blast. Yeah. I mean, they really did. That was actually, a, I remember that camp was really enjoyable. Um, and some of the kids were a little bit older and, uh, they were just, they were all such good kids. We were, we were just so lucky. I mean. Well, listen, if you were a parent that had a kid at home, homeschooling during COVID, the last mm-hmm. thing you wanted was to spend the summer all the way locked up with them as well. So, And you're right, most of those camps didn't go off because mm-hmm. they weren't real sure how they were going to be able to pull those off in environments that really probably at that time, based on what everybody knew, probably yeah. weren't COVID friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's got a fear. So most of those camps did go off. Including sports camps. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that didn't happen for kids. And so you kind of, you got this opportunity to kind of rise up and fill a gap that's there. And so when we talk about services and things that you offer at your, at your facility out there, camps, obviously being one of those, that's Mm kind of one of the things that we talked about. And you have summer camps that are coming up this summer. Are those already booked out? So I've already booked my first camp, which is May 31st. Okay. And so they're five days long. It's a um, day camp. So it's Monday through Friday and they're 830 to 1230. Okay. So it's just half a day. Um, and like I said, our first camp has already been filled. Um, we do have six camps we've decided to offer this summer um, because we filled we filled every single camp last last summer and i said well we need to offer more then yeah. so i went ahead and um put six on the books this 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 summer and they're already starting to fill up um normally i have noticed a 
trend difference in trend on how soon kids are signing up. I think everybody's like, oh, are we going to be able to do this? Is something going to change? I yeah. think COVID is still on people's minds. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of times I'll have kids sign up in January for summer. And this year I didn't have any like that. Um, all my signups have been just recent in the last, you know, probably a couple of weeks. Right. Um, but like I said, I've already filled up my first camp. Um, we've halfway filled up. I think it's my third camp. Um, but we still have, you know, like I said, six total. So there's still more camps and it's different age ranges. So mm. we have three in the four to 11 age range and we have three in the 12 to 17. Yeah. So I went ahead and broke, broke it up. Um, I used to offer just one camp that was kind of in, in between those ages, kind of in the middle. Um, and we went ahead and broke them up just because, um, we offer the same things, but of course the different ages kind of make a difference on how sure. in depth I can go into things. Right. And, um, so yeah, I really enjoyed my, uh, bigger kid camps this past summer and that's what made me want to, you know, offer those again. Um, yeah, I love the little kids, but they, it, it's work. It's a hand, they're, they're a handful. Yeah. And so, you know, most of our kids are really, really good. Um, uh, and we all have a really great time. Um, but it's, it, I love the, the different ages that we can do. So that was, that was nice. And I'm assuming is this camp where parents bring kids, come back four hours, pick them up? Yeah, or... so they just drop them off for four hours. If they want to stay, they are welcome to. Yeah. But most just come and drop off and leave. Um, and then the last day on Friday is Parents' Day. So parents or grandparents or aunts or whoever can come and um, see what they've learned. So the kids get to show them, hey, look, I learned how to shoot a bow or I roped this cow or, you know, look at me ride through this obstacle course. And yeah, cool. I look, I can do it all by myself because in the beginning, you know, especially on our younger age, you know, we're leading them around. Yeah. So the younger kids are so excited is, oh, look, I did it by myself today. You know, that's a that's a huge accomplishment. So. Do you do you find that camps over the summer tend to lead to lessons extending out past that? Or do you find that lessons just kind of naturally occur throughout the year, just people who want that process? So... It, it really depends. I do get some lessons from camps um, because that's their first experience coming out. Um, and they're like, oh, how do we need to, we want to continue this. What do we need to do? And the parents are, you know, coming at, at the end of camp um, and wanting to continue. So we definitely do get that. Um, and then just, you know, usually just organically throughout the year, we'll, we'll get lessons. Word of mouth? Word of mouth is absolutely huge. That is the biggest way that I think I get lessons, um, you know, social media is a huge help, you know, just, you know, Hey, my kid wants to do horseback riding. Where do I go? You know? So I usually get a lot of referrals on those. Um, and then just, you know, people that come out and use my services are always talking about it. Well, and again, in Bryan college station, you're probably, yeah, most people live in Bryan or in college station again, aren't thinking in terms of, there's a working camp or a working, you know, horse stable where people can go and actually the horse is provided for them. Lessons are provided for them as a part of that process. Uh, and I'm assuming there's packages like when, you know, they can sign up. Is it as you go or is it package deals? So that you we do offer that they can pay just one lesson. So they can just try it out one lesson. Um, so that's one of the questions I get is, well, can we just come for one lesson? Yes, mm. you can come for just one lesson. They um, want to see if it's going to stick before yes, they invest they want to make sure that they enjoy it. Sometimes I'll get 
I don't know if they're going to want to come to camp. Can we come for one lesson? Yeah. And then they'll come to camp. So I actually get that one um, a lot. Um, and they come out and of course they love it and yeah. they come to camp. I'm like, you know, I'm like, if, if they come out there and they get to, you know, groom and ride and all that stuff, I'm like, they're, they're going to want to come back. So. so this is going to lead me into the second part, which we were, we haven't discussed yet, which was birthday parties. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of, again, another opportunity that, you know, uh, I've I actually have had some friends who've had birthday parties at places where they can ride horses. Not very many of them, uh, but I you know I was telling you in pre-show coming down that like I didn't even know that was a thing here. Mm-hmm. Like you got a nine-year-old daughter and you're taking your kid to Chuck E. Cheese and to all these you know places that you know first off running you know six eight ten kids in an area you know is expensive as it is, mm-hmm. uh, but then also each parent i find every year it's like okay what are we gonna do this year like yeah we did this this type of party last year we did this theme party this year and then you get into this point where you're like oh man the one thing i can definitely say with my kids i've never had an opportunity where my kid could have a birthday party and go ride a horse with her friends right mm-hmm. and so uh there's work that's involved in that, obviously, and it's obviously this this tighter window. It's not in it's not the same camp base of I've got this whole week that I'm entertaining these kids. Mm-hmm. It's really more so like, okay, parents, you know, y'all can set up, y'all can decorate, you can bring your food, you can do mm-hmm. all these other things, and then when the kids are ready, then I'll be here to provide. Is a, it's kind of like a mini lesson, right? I mean, you, you're just not like, okay, just yeah. ride the horse. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, you still have to kind of teach them this process yes. before they hop so, up on there. You know, safety is huge. So every time someone comes out, we go over safety. You right. know, this is how you walk around the horse. This is how you brush the horse. This is things to look for. You know, if your horse is doing this, you know, and acting nervous, then you need to step away. And I'll tell them the signs that would mean that the horse is nervous or upset mm-hmm. or something like that. And I tell, you know, my horses are very sweet, but look, they all have teeth and they all can kick, (laughs) Um, you know, and I really instill that in their head because I don't care how nice my horses are. And then you never know my horse could kick one time in its life. You just don't know, you know? And so I'm like, they are living, breathing creatures. And so I really, safety is huge to me. Um, But, you know, so they, they, you know, get out there, they learn how to, you know, walk around the horse. Oh, but anyways, it's for setting up. What if they're around another horse? That's not so nice. Right. Then they just have this false conception that, oh, well, you know, at Stark Farms, you know, that horse was so sweet and let me love all over it. And, you know, sometimes a two-year-old might walk under a horse before you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always, though, kids always keep you on, on, their, on your toes. That's yeah, your head sure. is on a swivel the entire yeah. time, I'm so, sure. And sometimes I'm just like, just don't, don't react. Just let the kid get through. And, you know, it's already happened before you could do anything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you just talk to your blue in the face and just, you know, try and get that in there. And I'm like, look, just because this horse might not do it doesn't mean the next horse won't, right. you know. And just like you were saying, you went somewhere and they were like, oh, they might bite, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. And th- they might. So yeah. I'll, I always say they have teeth and they, they will kick. So, um, you know, I don't want to scare anybody, but I, I just make it, 
you know, I'm very upfront about it. Like yeah. this is a thing. This this can happen. Uh, they are thousand pound animals right. in most cases. You know, one of our guys is almost twelve hundred pounds. Mm. You know, and then our smallest guy is like six hundred pounds. But guess what? Six hundred pounds is still it's still six hundred pounds. <laughs> yes. You know. So, but anyways, yeah, they have, they have the whole, they do like a quick lesson, like you were saying. They, so they get to groom, they learn safety, they, um, we saddle them up with a bareback pad. So nobody gets saddles on their first lesson. Interesting. Um, so they all have to really work on their balance. You know, that saddle is not keeping you on that horse. Your balance is what is keeping you on that horse. And if you're, you know, wiggling all over the place, you're going to cause damage to that horse, you know, um, not necessarily in a walk, but right. if you're trotting or doing anything else and you're unbalanced, you know, you're going to cause issues within that horse. Um, so we teach, you know, the balance for you and your horse, um, you know, you, so you stay on your horse and your horse, so he doesn't end up in pain. Um, but yeah, so they groom, they, we, we saddle them with the bareback pad, you know, I put their bridle in their mouth and then we, you know, take them out. We have an obstacle course, so they get to go and interact. Uh, we have like a mailbox out there. They can, you know, grab a ring out of it, go around the mailbox, drop it off on the cone, you know, so they have things and goals that they have to get to, um, you know, and, and guide their horse. You know, one of them, they push a pole around a barrel. Um, so it's all... And they have to be skilled to do this. They have to right. listen to what I'm telling them and move their hands correctly um, to to get the horse to do what they want it to do. Um, so, you know, on top of that, for the birthday parties, we also um, paint a horse. So we have um, safe paints that won't hurt our horse's skin. And um, we finger paint our horse. We've got paint brushes, and we usually, you know, paint the kids' hands and put you know handprints on them and they write stuff on the horse and um yeah some of them crack me up with the things they paint on the horses but um you know so that's always just I don't know that's I don't know why it's so much fun to paint a horse but it is it is so much fun to paint a horse again I don't know that I can think of the last time I had somebody tell me hey, you know what I did this weekend I painted a horse the first thing I think is oh you painted that on a canvas somewhere or what? like no no we I paint. physically painted a horse. Like, okay, all right, and something I haven't heard. Yeah. So, in these can in these birthday parties where people are coming, what kind of time do you need uh, in order to kind of book that out? I, I realize that's going to be schedule based. First off, based on what you got open, but ideally, what kind of time or lead time would you like to hear from to schedule so, that? So, birthday parties, it would be. With my schedule right now, so I would say minimum a week just so I can make sure I have help and get it scheduled. But right now, birthday parties are usually done on Saturdays. Mm -hmm. My Saturdays are pretty booked right now. Mm, So you would probably need to schedule out probably three or four weeks out for a birthday party right now. Okay. We want to give people an opportunity that if it's something that is on their radar that they want to try, or maybe they're, you know, again, they hear this for the first time, they're like, that'd be kind of cool that... They've got kind of an idea. So really, I mean, they can reach back to you and you'll be able to tell them. I have an app online. So I use a Pocket Suite app. Oh, okay. So I just give them a link and they can go check my schedule 
you know, on their own. Yeah. They, can, they can request an appointment and I can approve or deny. And, you know, if it doesn't work for me, I can say, hey, can we do it this other time or whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's pretty simple. That way they can think about it and look at it and know what, you know. Yeah, what's going to work, what's, what's not going to work, what's, what's going to be available. close around the birthday, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So then we get off into, I, I kind of asked you this. And one of them, I think you'll answer pretty quickly. The other one, I know you're like, I'm going to need to think about that for a little bit. So most rewarding thing about what it is that you do. So, I mean, just, I don't know, just, it's what I do. It's just seeing, you know, being able to teach the things that I know, um, you know, imparting that knowledge and just, you know, being able to be, be that facility that has the horse that gives them that opportunity to come and spend time with horses. Cause not everyone can have a horse in their backyard. Sure. Um, so being able to have these horses that are very well trained and very sweet and, you know, people, it's funny. I had a client that, um, she went and did a clinic with a friend of hers and she borrowed her horse and she was like, you know, their horses just weren't very good, <laughs> you know? And so my horses are, like I said, they're, they're very good. They're, they're set up for beginners. Um, and so it's just, it almost, I think it almost gives you a sense of, oh my gosh, these are the best creatures in the world. They can be awful sometimes too. <laughs> like I said, they can be have, moody. They can be moody. They do, they do bite, they do kick, you know, some of them had bad experiences, sure. you know? So, yeah. In the same sense that I think like and, a person has a bad experience on the horse, really the horse can have it the other they, way too. They can have a bad experience with a person. Absolutely. And then that has to be retrained. You know, um, I've trained a few wild Mustangs mm. and it's the difference sometimes is that blank canvas is so much easier to work with mm-hmm. than a horse that has had a bad experience, mm-hmm. you know, because you're having to retrain at that point. And that horse that came from the wild has no idea, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't expect anything. It doesn't, you know, it just, it, it really sees you for, for what you show them. Right. So if you go in there and you're patient and you're calm, you get a good reaction, Yeah. you know, um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I, I can definitely relate, um, horses to people and people to horses. I mean, we're emotion wise, we're really not that different. Um, you know, you treat me good. I'll treat you good. Mm. Um, so if you're, if I'm nervous and I'm on that horse, uh, they're going to be nervous. They're, they're prey animals. Sure. So, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, what's out there? You know, what's going to get me? Why are you afraid? Yeah. You know, and you're supposed to be that confident leader. So, you know, and, and that's something that I, you know, instill in my students is, you know, you, you have to be the confident one, you know, the horses, I don't care how big they are. They think they're like this big. (laughs) They, they really do. I'm like, I think they think they're the size of their head. I think they forget that they have that I huge. I have this huge, whole body attached I, I to me. I think so. That's. I mean, that's how I see horses. Is you know, he can be twelve hundred pounds, but he's he thinks he's this big. Yeah. You know, um, uh, sparkles. I'm speaking of sparkles. <laughs> I have a horse named Sparkles. It's a good name. It's a good name for a horse. <laughs> I like it. So the in the process of. You know, I was sitting there in pre-show. We we're talking about. I could see rewarding being being able to make the connection for people to animal and backwards the other direction too. Being able to vicariously kind of every time 
you see this breakthrough, you know, that it's like, this is what it's all about right here. Getting able, being able to take somebody's guard down and being able to go, listen, your fears and all this other stuff while we legitimately want you to have concern for the animal, Mm -hmm. concern for yourself and everything else. A lot of those fears dissolve in the process, right? Like once they're up on there, they've, they've kind of played this monster in the closet Mm -hmm. about, you know, well, I had a friend, I had a family member or myself got injured, you know, on a horse one time. And while that's a very real possibility and it does happen in that industry as well too, the idea of being able to help them overcome that and develop the confidence, like you said, to be a rider on that horse that leads the horse. And then the horse kind of makes the connection back. Now the other question, which is, you know, we talked about the most rewarding. And then the question is what's the most difficult part about what it is that you do. So I really, I think it's just, I don't know, difficult. I don't, I don't think there's anything difficult about what I do. I do love what I do. Um, let's say what used to be the most difficult is when I was training horses. It was sometimes dealing with the people mm. um, because they didn't, uh, I don't know, if they didn't come out enough and they didn't, um, they didn't continue what I was doing. Um, so I always tell people like part of the training included was that for them to come out and ride and learn and see what we're doing because when they go home, you know, they're not going to be, uh, they have to be kept up, you yeah. know, be a part so of the process. They have to be a part of the process. So that was definitely a difficult part that I didn't like, um, about the training side of it is no matter what I do, no matter how good that horse is when it leaves, it's not guaranteed to stay that way, Yeah, you know, and you know, that kind of comes back to, um, I've done some equine rescue. And so if a well-trained horse is more likely not to end up, you know, in a, an auction or in a kill pen, mm. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Good horses do end up there, Sure, but you give them a better chance. Right. So that was, that was difficult. Um, I don't know. I think nowadays, um, you know, not being able to get everybody out there that wants to come out sometimes, the schedules don't match up or something like that. But I don't know. I've, I think I've really changed things to a point that there's not anything that's that's too terrible or too difficult anymore. I'm going to make the assumption by that statement that if I show up out at your place that it's pretty much your hands on on virtually everything that's taking place out there. Yes. Like it's not being passed along to all these other people who no. are working. So even for if I have help, yeah, yeah, I'm out there. Yeah. So, and I, I, okay. So the most difficult, okay, I got it. Oh, the most you back into difficult this part answer. of my job is that I can't, I can't be everywhere with every student. So right. if I'm giving, um, multiple lessons at one time and I have help and they're, you know, working with a child and I'm working with a child. I'm like, my head's on a swivel and I'm like, I'll shout across the arena, you know, put your heels down, you know, sit up straight, you know, and I'm, I'm catching little things that maybe my helper didn't catch. Sure. 
Um, so, oh, here, do it this way. You know what? It looks like you need to take your reins up a little bit more and that'll help you gain control. You're just giving your horse, you know, too much freedom. Um, or, oh, you're really pulling on your horse too much and you're frustrating your horse because you're kicking them and telling them to go, but you're pulling them back and telling them to stop with your hands, <laughs> you know? So it is, I mean, it really goes both ways, but. So just, do your help, are your helpers, are these normally people who've maybe gone through the process with you? Yes. Okay. So everyone that helps me has taken lessons from me. Um, I have uh, one of my friends. She lives a couple streets down, and her kids have gone through the homeschool um, horsemanship class, and they went through last semester, and they joined again this semester. And um, my friend Nikki has gone through the process as well just and she's like I'm just absorbing all this knowledge and she's had horses in the past but sometimes it's so long ago that you know and maybe you didn't get that proper training you know she had them but they didn't really know what they were doing and thank goodness they never got hurt and you know and now she's like I know so much now and she comes out she helps me with my um my classes that I do she's helped with lessons here and there and then I've got some other friends um that have helped me um and come in for birthday parties and camps and yes so everyone I have either taught them or I've taught their children or, you know, well, I was thinking like, you know, they're an extension of you, right? Oh, absolutely. So they know, you know, how I do things and why. And, um, so it's all, you know, what I want done. Absolutely. Yeah. So So they, and they get an opportunity really to reinforce that training that you Mm -hmm. had with them in that process. Like, Oh, I remember when I was here and I remember that, you know, Jennifer's over here telling me to do this and mm-hmm. not do this and, you know, that kind of stuff. So, again, it's it's almost kind of like it's another level. Like, you know, here I brought you into this training about the horse and everything else. Mm-hmm. And now I'm giving you this opportunity to mentor somebody else in the process yeah. of maybe where you were. And I think that's probably uh, – my guess would be they're probably more relatable. Like they can understand kind of where that kid may be or where that adult may be in the process of going, oh, because I remember. They they were there. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I told um, my friend Nikki, her daughter, she is, I want to say she just turned 13, and she was out there the other day, and she had just come with her mom to help. And uh, I was like, I turned to her, and I was like, oh, you got this. Just go. Take him out. You know, and it just hit me like, she knows what to do. Like, I don't even have to worry about it. She knows exactly what I would do and how to do it. And, you know, it was just, I don't know. It was just like last week. It was one of those moments. I was like, this is, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's something to be said. I mean, it's, you know, that you've passed along the knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of owners and a lot of even just business owners, just in general, get this idea of, well, if I want it done right, I'd do it myself, you know, and they kind of get into that mindset of if I'm personally handling it, I know it's going to get done right. And But then they also understand as their business grows, as things get beyond the point of mm-hmm. time in a day for you to oh, be yeah. able to handle stuff, that extensions of you that are little pieces of you just kind of traveling through your your environment there, helping other people to be able to do what it would be 
if it were you standing there and your trust to be able to go, I know that I've taught this person, they know enough and their knowledge base is good enough to be able Mm -hmm. to get this person through this process without me having to go, okay, let me look every, you know, three seconds to make sure everything's going okay over there. You know, not, not to say that you're completely like, okay, well, that person over there, you know, is going to need more attention than that person over there. I get that process, but, but I can trust them. I know that they're going to do what, what I would do. Right. You know, and they're going to have the same set of standards Mm -hmm. and everything else that you would carry. And then that way that, but you're still in most cases going to be in a visible line of sight, probably to everybody that's there at the farm. That's, you know, going through the process. So Mm -hmm. COVID impact, we talked a little bit about that. We talked about last year where you got to the summer and then parents were kind of like, eh, you know, I want, I want a place that my kid can land, you know, for camp or something along Mm -hmm. those lines. Uh, in that time frame, probably specifically in the first six month window where really a lot of stuff was unknown. A lot of stuff was, you know, Hey, it's going to be a two week lockdown. Mm-hmm. I lied. It's going to be a two month lockdown. I lied. It's going to be a 12 month lockdown. I mean, all of these things that kind of transpired that weren't able to be seen by business owners. Uh, you offer up a solution to a lot of parents who, if they, if, if being the key word, if they wanted to take an opportunity to get their kids into a camp, just to get them out of the house after they've finished three months of mm-hmm. ending the school year virtually and having to be right there alongside of them. And like, my kid needs to go somewhere. Uh, you give them that opportunity, but what have you seen since then in COVID basis year over year, like, have you seen, is there an uptick happening in your business? Are you seeing as vaccines roll into the community that there's more interest for people to get out? Are you seeing just kind of this toe in the water deal where they're like, are you even doing anything this year? So really last year i'd say i had more of that where they're like are you um and you know they'll ask what is what are you doing to control covid and things like that um you know we're out there in the sunshine we're getting vitamin d that's right, and, you know, killing everything <laughs> that's as right. it's going out um you know and like i said we're not in a closed environment so you know, in the beginning, I was like, look, we have hand sanitizer on the um, table if you want to use it. But yeah. I was like, other than that, we're, we're outside. Yeah. So, and I haven't had any incidences um, that have come back to my facility with COVID. So, you know, I think we did fine. Um, but, you know, just, just getting out there and, and uh, but the, this year, it, I don't think anything has really been affected other than the cancellations of um, I have COVID or I have, you know, not myself. I haven't had COVID myself, but, um, you know, (laughs) your client, (laughs) my client, (laughs) um, my, uh, it's hard to get you because you're out in the sun getting all that vitamin D. I get all that vitamin D. COVID can't get me. Um, I actually, so I haven't been, I haven't had a cold in seven years. Mm. I haven't been sick. I haven't had, and I'll keep saying it. I'm not jinxing myself. I tell people all the time. I haven't had the flu. I haven't had strep. I haven't. I haven't had anything. Yeah. Um, but I just. I think it's because I'm. I'm. I'm outside, and um, 
you know, I don't know. I eat well. I drink lots of water. And so there, there's your secret. So <laughs> but sunshine. Sunshine. Organic. And, and drink water. Yeah. That's it. That's and all you need to do. And be happy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm happy all the time. You know, I think that's another thing. Sure. You know. Well, mental health is definitely it, something that, that lends to physical health as well, too. So the as you're moving forward... And we know that vaccines are starting to roll out. Mm-hmm. We're also here recently. You're also seeing CDC changes. Gosh, now, I mean, by the time this comes out, I, can't the, keep up. I, I yeah. know, I mean, this will, no. this will air about a month after we're recording a month and a half after we're <laughs> recording it. So, you know, by, even by this conversation right here, who knows what will happen in mm-hmm. that month and a half when this releases, but you know, you're starting to see CDC now even talking about like, okay, well, six foot isn't really six foot, it's three foot. And mm-hmm. uh, if you're vaccinated, now you can do whatever. And, you know, all, all those little sanitizer pumps that you had, you really don't need those. Like, yeah. you know, so you're starting to see almost, I don't want to say a return, a return to normal, mm-hmm. but the vaccine obviously is probably the best bet to yeah. get the community back to things that they were well, doing I, before. I think the people that were uncomfortable before are getting more comfortable. Yes. You know, they're like, I've gotten, I hear that all the time. Oh, I've gotten my first vaccine. I've yep. got my second vaccine. Sure. And they're like so happy because they get to go to a wedding or they get to see their grandparent yeah. or whatever, you know? And so, you know, I'm happy for them, yeah. you know? Um, so the people that have always been okay have always been coming and they're going to keep coming. Yeah. But it is the people that have been, you know, more uncomfortable and they, I think they are going to start um, coming out to businesses yeah. more for sure. And you pick the right state to start riding horses in because yeah. Lord knows Texas is going to be at the front of all this stuff when we talk about opening things up and everything else. So you'll see this return that probably will continue. And the, the goal, obviously, from us as well, too, is like I had told you, there's a lot of stuff about your farm that I didn't even realize you guys did. Mm-hmm. Yes, I realized you had horseback riding lessons and things like that. But then in the research of seeing things like the camps, the birthday parties and things like that. I'm like, man, there's, you know, there's a reason outside of just, you know, people, people tend to look at, uh, if you're a horseback rider as a hobby, mm-hmm. you know, and the first thing that most people don't think about it, And I heard some of these with, with, again, with our friend who's doing the equestrian riding, the, the amount of money that goes into owning a horse just in general, mm-hmm. right? Not mm-hmm. to, you know, people don't think about all of the stuff that goes into that, stabling them up and everything else and then food and healthcare and all these things that have to happen. And you over a period of time also have learned a lot more about your horse's healthcare, what things to be looking for. You're also instilling those in people who are coming for lessons for you so that they can also identify Horses that are in distress, horses that are exhibiting certain behaviors that need to be addressed by a professional, things that, you know, maybe need to be addressed behaviorally for someone who is, you know, handling a horse and go, okay, this is, this is not a good reaction from the horse that I would normally get. You know, you were, you were talking about things in the beginning that I'm like, if I saw that on a horse, I, I wouldn't know what to think. The horse's ears are back and be like, oh, they're easier to scratch or something. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, I, you just you aren't thinking about all of those things. So a part of that training in the process of people coming to you is also teaching them about the horse's health care as well, too. Mm-hmm. And I did so that they can identify a horse that may need a little more attention or 
maybe this isn't a good time for me to hop on this horse and start riding. Like there yeah. are some things that probably maybe need, you need to be do addressed. some groundwork first, yeah. you know, get, yeah. their, get their attitude to change or something like that. But, you know, as long as it's not a pain issue, it's just a behavior issue. You know, we can work through that, but you need to pay attention, work through that, get that horse listening. So you can have a safe ride. Right. You know, if your horse is acting up and just not, not being right, something's off about them and you just climb on their back. Well, don't be surprised when they buck, yeah. you know? So sometimes, you know, you need to get their attitude under control first and figure out, you know, what's going on. Yeah. Um, and in an environment that you're in every day, it's a lot easier for you to identify that pretty quickly oh, as yeah. opposed to, again, people who are, are coming out doing regular lessons mm-hmm. with you or whatever will learn that process and be able to learn what that horse is or isn't capable of doing that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they can either address if you've taught them the process of how to address those things or bring it to your attention so that mm-hmm. it can be addressed further if it has to be like through a medical professional or something like that. Yeah. So injuries, and this is kind of kind of leading into that point because this is a, a hobby uh, or an interest for people that, that can lead to injuries. There's a lot of injuries that can tend to happen. And so this process of teaching your students what to look for and the ability for them to be able to identify a horse that may not be in the best mental health at that point that that person hops on there or even physical health mm-hmm. that they don't just jump into a situation that can potentially get them injured. Mm-hmm. So you try to identify those things to ensure that your injuries are kept to a minimum, but you also have a set of standards and protocols that you put in place out there for people who are jumping on a horse. You don't just sit there and say, listen, I'm going to, ride your bareback and no no helmets no nothing man good luck to you you know let's do this without a bridle let's see how good you really are i mean so you have a set of standards and protocols that you put into play to ensure that the people who come to you are also protected uh even though there may be some things that you can't necessarily control 100 percent of the time yeah we, we'd be as safe as we can be so um we provide helmets so we're a western facility that everyone wears a helmet um so i have all different sizes you can bring your own or i can provide one that i have mm-hmm. um so that's a must so when people come especially since i have beginners what i do is i take that stigmatism of a helmet away Mm. so sometimes i'll tell the kid if they're wearing a ball cap i'm say hey trade me hats and i hand them the helmet they give me their hat yeah and you know they go for a ride and they don't think anything of it right you know so if it's just given to you as a given you know it's it's common in english i don't know why in the western world we don't wear helmets right um i started wearing one about three years ago you know i've had a few concussions um you know training horses probably before i should have been um i did things that weren't safe you know and i ended up coming off of a horse or two um so now I know better, <laughs> yeah. and I and I teach that. Know better, you know? do better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. look, learn from my lessons, learn from my experience. Sure, you know, don't get a traumatic brain injury. You know, and and I'm very upfront and honest about those yeah. things. It's like, look, I love my horses, but y'all need to be safe. Sure, yeah, you know, we want to make sure you're safe, the horse is safe. So yeah, we have safety um, rules that we go over. Um, like we don't even put the bridle on the horse until we're in the arena and that's going to be safety of your horse. Cause we, if your horse runs off, they've got a bit in their mouth and you're holding them by the reins, you know, that could hurt their mouth. Right. You know, so there's just certain things that we do, like I said, for the safety of the rider, for the safety of the horse that is like every single time, this is what we do. Well, and there's glamorizing that goes on in this process as well, too. If you think about, you were talking about, 
a person you know that, that lives in San Antonio. We grew up in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I think about when I, again, I think about horses in San Antonio, you know, it's where the rodeo's at. And there's lots of horses come around for the rodeo and everything. But you can go downtown in San Antonio and they have carriage rides, mm-hmm. right? And you got a horse that's pulling a buggy and everybody just kind of, again, looks at these things like they're docile creatures and, and you know, yeah, I can walk right up to them. They're going to do what they're supposed to do. Uh, if you look at horses as they're portrayed in movies and TV shows and everything else, because you're talking about you don't understand why people wear helmets, but what do you see again in TV and movies? Mm-hmm. You see people mm-hmm. cowboy hats. Yeah. yeah, cowboy mm-hmm. hats is walking around, you know, riding their horse off and everything else. And again, the process of learning is ensuring safety first. And then the rest of it will come behind safety, but not giving up safety to look cool or because that doesn't look cool. I mean, I, I can think again, you know, my daughter riding a bike for the first time. It's it's common ground. Kid rides a bike for the first time, you put your helmet on, right? Mm-hmm. But then when they get to the process of comfortability, then it's like, ah, I don't need this helmet anymore. And they're not thinking about somebody ramming into them with a car or anything yeah. along those lines. And the horse kind of is that same way. It's like, yeah, I've ridden this horse for a mm-hmm. long time, and this horse has never done anything. That I could probably bet would be the storyline to most people who have had an injury with a horse. A lot of times that, that is. Yeah, they, it's, they get too comfortable. Yeah, it's yeah. not the idea of, oh, I got on this horse, and this horse and I just didn't get along. I mean, they... No, it's, it's some freak thing that yeah, happens. right. And something spooks them. Mm-hmm. You know, something they missed. in... 10 years has never done this before, but something happens yeah. and they, they spook yeah. and you end up on the ground cause you weren't expecting it. Right. And you know, yeah, you've, you've got an injury, you yeah. broke something. And over a period of time, it's like, okay, I don't need this helmet anymore. I can go to my cowboy cowgirl hat and mm-hmm. drop that on and everything's all good. And, but again, it is always about, I was telling you like, you know, there's this process in that the, the therapy part we were talking about where everything kind of just tunes out and you're really just kind of right here in the moment with a horse. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you know, there's nothing else that really matters. You know, my day that I just had in my real life somewhere else has kind of like faded away because really I'm just connecting to this horse right now. And while that's a process for people who, probably it becomes the passion for them. It becomes something that's of interest to them. And the idea that I can just be focused here. I tell people all the time, like one of my, one of my dumbest things that I enjoy doing therapeutic wise is cutting a yard. And, but I really enjoy cutting yard, even though I don't do this at my house cause it ain't big enough. I really enjoy a riding lawnmower mm-hmm. and man, I can put headphones in and just the only thing I'm thinking about in that process is, oh, man, am I on a straight line of cutting this grass here? Cause I don't want to, I want to miss a strip that I got to go back. And it just, again, I used to, you know, my, my in-laws own five acres out outside of San Antonio and I'd go and just hop on their riding mower and go cut their grass. And so it's, again, it's, it's the therapy of somebody when we use the word therapy, it's not, you know, it's not therapy in the process of medical professional therapy mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just the idea of just disconnecting and reconnecting in a world that maybe we're just not as exposed to or something that just gives us something to just focus right here on this little small thing and instead of all the things that bombard us every single day i can say my adult clients that's what they refer to it as they're like i'm I'm making an appointment for my therapy and they come (laughs) and they come to a lesson with me and probably Um, cheaper at that so and it is cheaper and you know you get you get to be with a horse so um and then like 
I mean, even one of the um, little kids that comes out, her grandma usually brings her, and she says she's she's got to get her lesson every week. She says if she gets her lesson, she has the best week. Mm. And then the opposite, if she don't get her lesson, then she mm. doesn't have a good Interesting. week. You know, so I could totally see that being the case. I yeah, mean, I mean, it, it just makes a difference in your whole entire week. I yeah. mean, if that's all you can come out is once a week, then you know that's it. That's your week right there. Yeah, I mean, so again, our friend that does it, her daughter does it, uh, or their daughter does it regularly. Again, it is. It's just this tuning in process to the process itself. Like everything else kind of just goes away and just the process itself becomes what's at focus. And, and you don't, you don't want to find yourself in another situation. I'm imagining, you know, as riding a horse, the last thing I'm going to do is be reaching in my pocket to grab my phone to see who's posted what on Facebook or yeah, no. who texts me and all that kind of stuff. You just kind of dial out of everything and it's if they have phones i don't even have to say anything they set them down yeah. they don't touch them until yeah, no. they're done yeah i mean it's a return to something that that you know for people who are listening to this who may be older than the age of 40 you know may have remembered when we didn't have cell phones and we used to do things you know parents would send you off don't come back in until the street lights come on and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff i mean so it is something to be said about returning to uh, returning to something that we as older folks probably miss a lot in our life because there's always things battling for our attention. You know, in any given day, if you carry a cell phone in your pocket, there are always going to be things that are battling for your attention or you have a smartwatch on your wrist and there's all these things that are going on. And for as crazy as the world's been over the last 12 months, it's probably the furthest thing from crazy to be out in that environment where it's just you and the animal and you just get an opportunity to just ride. You get an opportunity just to connect. So that's really, I think, and again, while I haven't ridden a horse in a very long time, and people that I know that do ride them, people who I know that, that have their kids involved in it and everything else, it is exactly what you describe. It is this reset almost, mm-hmm. you know, that it's just an opportunity to just get into nature, you know, which again, you know, if you live in the city, it's not like you're just going to see this horse running up and down the road or whatever. It's getting into nature. It's getting away from the things that are constantly pulling at you and then giving people an opportunity just to connect to the nature, to the animal, and just to the process. So um, so let's talk about, we talked about COVID and what we're seeing on the future coming and we were talking about this in pre-show, and I told you we're going to have to spend a little time explaining this when we get to this point. So uh, future plans. So, you know, as things are returning to a more normalized environment, people are more comfortable getting around folks now. We're continuing to see CDC continue to let things up and allowing people to be a little bit more uh, free in their everyday life. Now, all of a sudden, you see things starting to return to normal in your business. What do you see on the horizon as the next things, services services that you're going to offer or things that you want to see offered out at your place that's outside of what you're doing right now? Okay. Well, well, first, I do want to touch on the homeschool horsemanship classes, which is actually something that I am currently offering. Okay. Um, But that's new to this year. Okay. So... Um, this is our second semester. Last semester was like, I'm going to try it out and see how it goes. And I absolutely fell in love with it. Like it is my favorite thing that I'm doing right now, just because 
I get to impart that knowledge out there. So we get to speak on, you know, things that it's more than just grooming, safety, and riding. Okay. Um, So we are talking about, like you said earlier, you know, carrying up the horse and, you know, seeing, you know, this behavior or this is going on. Maybe they need to see the vet. Um, So that has been, like, I look forward to that. Three days a week right now is my favorite favorite class it's three hours a day um and so and then they get to ride as well I mean it's just it's it's awesome so that going forward I'm going to continue offering so we'll be of course during the summer I won't have any of those classes because we have our camps um but I will be offering them again in the fall so um probably need to start getting my schedule out there I've already had people asking us like i don't know yet <laughs> so is this like an after school deal is this um, more so this confined one is, this to one virtual is a, this one's a homeschool horsemanship okay so it's they come out three hours a day it's four kids and um so it's nice because they get you know a good little group of friends mm-hmm. and um that they get to spend eight weeks with so it's an eight-week course okay. um and they come out once a week for three hours a day um, and so I, you know, have a curriculum and so they get paperwork. Um, I give them an option at the end. They don't have to, but since it is homeschool, I'm like, if you want to write an essay, I give them some options. These are essays that you can write on it. So we'll see. We didn't have any last semester. We'll see what we get this <laughs> semester. We do have some older girls. I think they might do it. So, um, but that's, that's definitely something that I've found. I, I love teaching like when, okay. So when I was younger, I loved horses but I wanted to be a teacher. So, like, I feel like I've combined my love of horses and teaching, even though I'm not a certified teacher, you mm-hmm. know, I get to teach something that I love. Um, so that is, like I said, been one of my favorite classes. Um, but, so the the what's coming to Stark Farms in the future. I'm going to cut you off for just a sec. Go for Cause it. I want to, there's one, it. cause I, I've got to, <laughs> I've got to put this to the end of the podcast okay, okay. and I've got another thing that I want to make sure we touch on, even though it's not available right now, okay. we had talked about the scholarship program. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of wanted to touch base on that because this is probably, this is something that based on how this year goes, may be something that ends up happening next year as well too. So I wanted you to talk about that for a little bit for your camps and the scholarships. I was really excited this year. I was contacted by um, Brazos Extension Horse Committee. Mm -hmm. And Helen over there that runs um, uh, Lost Horizons Ranch, which is a little play day. They do um, little little, uh, horse shows and things like that. It is a great place to get started if you've never shown. Mm -hmm. So I've taken some kids there. I've shown there um, a few years ago. Um, It's just a good place to uh, get started. They've been out there for like 30 years. So she's, Helen's got a great, great heart for, you know, kids and horses and everything. So anyway, she contacted me and she said, we want to give scholarships to 10 underprivileged kids that wouldn't have an opportunity otherwise to go to camp Mm. and so they asked would I be that camp and I was like well yeah like of course oh my gosh so I thought that was just so awesome um so we already have 10 kids they found 10 kids um and we've already picked our dates out and everything um so they are signed up I got all their information actually yesterday um 
So I'm super excited about that. And I was waiting for their information so I could start looking for boots for them to try and see if I could get some boots for them, um, see if people would donate or whatever. And she gave me more good news. She said that um, Cavenders is going to donate 10 pairs of boots for these 10 kids. Big shout out to Cavenders. Yes. So... I, it was just so awesome. I was so excited about that. So not only do they get to get to cam- come to camp, um, which some of these kids have never been to a summer camp before, right? Um, but they get a new pair of boots. I'm like, that's that's just awesome. Yeah. So yeah. So hopefully this is our first year, and she says we plan to do this, you know, in the um, following years. So you know, hopefully this will be a new thing that we get to do every year now. Yeah, it was super cool. We were talking about it in pre-show, and and I wanted to make sure we got an opportunity. Not only one, just to thank her for the the opportunity to give kids a, a chance to do that, but secondly, just to let people know, like there's things that are also going on in the community around them that 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 probably never will get talked about, other than those ten kids going to their friends mm-hmm. or going to their family. Yeah. But locally, I mean, there's always we always have businesses and and places that are stepping up and filling voids and gaps that maybe most people don't even think exist or know exist in the mm-hmm. community that then are able to rise up and meet a need somewhere or even create a new program or process to allow people that, like you said, these were kids that would probably never get an opportunity to take advantage of a camp like this. Mm -hmm. And then they get to rise to the occasion to help get 10 more kids hooked in. And who knows what that does for that kid in the long term. Like, I mean, the process of just being able for them to go and experience that, not only the fact that Cavenders, you know, rises to the occasion to then outfit them in a new set of boots and everything else, mm-hmm. but, the, you know, we wanted to make sure that we gave them kind of a shout-out on here and then gave people kind of a line of sight into what may be in the future for your for your farm as well, too, as you continue this process that I would imagine the feedback's going to be really critical as well. Uh, from those kids, from the family to know, you know, hey, you know, this may turn from 10 to 20. There's no telling. Like this scholarship may be something that continues forward in the process and maybe grows and you're a part of that process. I would think you'd want to be a part of that process just to get, again, get them into an environment that you know is a passion of yours Mm -hmm. so that you can pass it along to kids who may never get an opportunity to experience that. Yeah, I I mean, I'm just blessed just to be able to be part of it. Absolutely. So just being able to have, have the horses, have this program, have this camp, you know, and to be asked. So I'm just, yeah. No, I mean, it's gotta be a huge honor that you were considered for it. It's not like, you know, we were talking before we got on here. It's not, you're the, not the only place, right? Oh no. But the way that you set yourself apart from everybody else is again, the experience, it's the hands-on, it's the kind of walking people into your world and getting them to connect with what it is that's your passion mm-hmm. that may eventually become their passion. I was talking about mm-hmm. there's probably not a better place to own a, a farm where you're you're teaching kids and, and adults and stuff about riding uh, than here at the home of Texas A&M, which has probably the top equestrian program in the nation. Uh, most, I mean... Most people don't know that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an amazing process to think that in our own backyard that we have, you know, we have an organization on campus that has won multiple national championships, mm-hmm. is held in high regards in the in the world of equestrian riders and things along yeah. these lines. 
I'm going to be honest with you. The only reason I know about it is, again, because I have friends that have a daughter that's doing equestrian riding. And I didn't realize in my own backyard that that was a pro. A, I knew we had one. We do things for them, obviously, here at Eminem. You know, but at the same point of, of the success that they've had and garnered. And then you're in an area that can potentially, if it becomes a passion for somebody, can potentially put them in a line of sight in their own backyard. So talking about that, um, I've actually done internships for some of those kids at oh, Texas cool. A&M. Um, I've done internships and then also just had them come out and they weren't familiar enough with horses and they needed to learn a little bit more before they started their program. Yeah. So I have had uh, a chance for that as well. Um, I've gotten to work with these um, young kids that do go on and become some of the best, you know, equestrians mm-hmm. and everything. So, um, like I said, I'm that, that beginner step, yeah. you know, just so they feel just comfortable plugging them in. so they can, you know, they may have ridden before and they want to do this, but they're like, I'm not, I'm not really sure what I'm doing when I'm saddling this horse. You know, I mean, everyone starts somewhere, Sure. you know, not, you don't wake up and go, Oh, I know how to ride, Yeah. you know? So they have the desire. They, they want to do it. They want to do this program, but they're like, I need more knowledge, you know, because maybe they don't want to look dumb, you know? So they, they want to learn a little bit, you know, with me privately and then they move on. So yeah, that's, you know, that's something I've done for several years now with uh, Texas A&M. So. All right, we're moving into this last this last <laughs> process for uh, for future plans. So I'll let you uh, tell the audience about this future plan that you got. So okay, so oh, where do I even start? <laughs> so well, okay, so um, well, we'll go back to talking about um, injuries. Mm-hmm. So. It'll be two years this August. I broke my back. Um, I was training a two-year-old stallion. And um, it was just really bad luck. Um, he liked to jump up in the air and buck and, you know, which isn't the best. Um, he hadn't bucked in like a month. And I had a saddle on him and I was on him with the bit. And he just he just wasn't acting right. And I said, you know what? I'm going to step down. We're just going to ride bareback today. And I went and threw my leg over to get off. And he jumped up and he bucked like he did. And um, I ended up breaking my back. Mm. So that kind of changed my business for a little bit. Um, I couldn't work for several months. Um, I had to rely on friends to take care of me. Um, I mean, I couldn't feed my dogs. I couldn't feed my horses. I couldn't, you know, I could, I couldn't do anything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things, uh, that can happen. You know, they are, they, they are their own animals and, um, you know, as safe as you are, sometimes stuff just happens, but starting a horse is, is dangerous in itself. Um, so it is a risk no matter what. Um, I think if I was still in the saddle, I would have been fine. But the fact that I was stepping out of the saddle, he caught me just right at the right time. Yeah. Um, I did have a helmet on, so kudos to my helmet. <laughs> I did not get a concussion that day. Well, there you go. So, I, was, I was fully aware that I had broken my back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did know something was broken. I wasn't sure what, but I knew something was broken. <laughs> um, so... Anyways, doing that, um, having that injury and having to, um, you know, 
rehab and kind of get back to my daily life. And um, I was like, well, I probably shouldn't be writing right now. Um, so I rode a little bit, my personal horses, you know, as soon as I could, probably sooner than I should have, um, things like that. But, um, you know, of course you have that trust in your own horses, Sure. but I said, I need to logically, I'm not afraid of riding. I, I love riding. Um, so it wasn't that, but logically I'm like, if I want to continue doing this, I need to change something. Mm. And so I said, I need to do more lessons, less training, and, you know, go from there. And so, you know, I started um, advertising more lessons and turning horses down. And um, I'd say it's actually helped my business um, by switching and doing that because training took up so much of my time. Mm. Um, So... You know, I get to interact with way more people, um, teach teach way more um, kids about, you know, horses than the one horse that I'm teaching and the one owner, you know. So, right. I mean, I can only train so many horses in a year. So, I feel like I'm reaching more people now. Um, and just thinking about um, still being in quite a lot of pain, Um I broke my T8, which affects my, my arms. So you can imagine writing sometimes could be painful. Mm. Um, but I have a, a wonderful chiropractor. I'm going to shout out to uh, Megan Speck with Blessed Hands Chiropractic. She is the reason that I can feel my arms. Mm. Um, absolutely. She's, she's amazing. I actually met her. She uh, chiropracted my dog. Interesting. Yes. So she does dogs, <laughs> horses, and people. Hey Jennifer, I got a two so, for one special going on. <laughs> hey, she's she's been to my house and done all three. Oh, oh, so wow. she she's absolutely wonderful. So her um adjusting me and then um yoga has actually always been a passion of mine and I've never never stuck with it. You know, I'm like I always I, I did it here and there and I was like, yeah, I really like that. And, you know, maybe I'd like to get certified in it. And I just, it just never happened. Mm -hmm. You know, I never, never stuck with it, you know, but I always, always enjoyed it. Um, Has good, you know, physical and mental benefits. Um, It's just the most relaxing and energizing thing I think I do um, every single morning when I wake up. It's the first thing I do. Um, But, so I finally decided. I actually wrote down goals this year. Okay. I've never been one to write down goals. Um, I did some personal. I did one personal goal. I'm gonna learn how to play guitar, um, and I want to do horse yoga. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're again in pre-show when you were telling me this. I'm like, you're gonna have to explain what a horse yoga is. So, and then we were talking about. So the first thing that you referenced in horse yoga was goat yoga. And which, yeah, I said which, it's not like goat yoga. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you referenced <laughs> that. And, and for people who are listening on the show, I mean, I believe it, I don't do yoga, but I've heard of goat yoga. Yes. And I've even heard of hot goat yoga. <laughs> and oh so, yeah, I don't know why I've heard of hot goat yoga. I don't know why that's a thing. That does not sound know, good I at mean, all. yeah, nothing like a sweaty goat. Yeah. Uh, anyway. 
So explain to people what this process of, of horse yoga is. Okay, so you do yoga poses on and next to your horse. So it's just another way to connect with your horse. Um, so, you know, I've decided I don't have to ride. Like, I do love my horses and spending time with them and grooming them and doing yoga on them just sounds like awesome, you know? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I guess to other people that might be strange, but I'm like, that's the best thing in the world. If I can do yoga, because I love yoga, I've been consistently doing yoga every day for the past four months. Yeah. And I kid you not, I feel better today than before I broke my back. Mm. So I'm like, it, it is, it has helped me so much. Um, you know, just like I said, it, it gives you just this, this peace, this calm, you, you know, there's, there's, it's more than just the exercising. Um, you know, you just have an appreciation for things. And, um, you know, I don't know. So the, the horse yoga was just, it's funny because it's something that I've thought about in the past. And it was just, like I said, with the, with the regular yoga, you know, eh, right. I want to do it, but it, it never happened. I never, I never wrote down my goals. And so I finally wrote down some goals. A couple months ago, I paid for a course. I've started on the way to earn my 200-hour teacher training certificate. Um, and uh, if, when I get that finished, um, so I'm doing it. It's all online right now. And then I've decided I'm also going to do some um, training in town as well, just kind of putting it on top of what I'm learning online because I think you really need both. Yeah. Um, so I think all a lot of the um, curriculum and stuff, I think, isn't really going to make a difference so that stuff and then um like i said combining it with extra hours in person i think is uh going to be a good combination for that um but yeah it's uh i don't know i can't say that is something i really thought you know i'm going to do horse yoga but when i finally got all the pieces together i was like Oh yeah, I'm gonna do horse yoga. Like this is gonna be awesome. <laughs> I just envision you like you're writing down your goals, and you started a goal and went horse, and then you're like oh, something on the stove. Let me go get that, and then you come back and you go, okay, yoga. yoga. You're like, oh, horse yoga. Horse yoga. Yeah, like yeah. Well, and there's really not too many people out there that even teach horse yoga. So it's, is what I'm finding. Again, there's one in Florida. You found today that Lowell doesn't know. It. I've never even heard of it. So. And then there's another one. I want to say it's in Costa Rica. So that's the one I was like, I'm going to Costa Rica to learn horse give you yoga. A reason to go. Well, that's one of my personal goals is to go on vacation. So what did I do? I combined it with a business goal. That's a, that's a good plan. I and we're like going to make it happen. So maybe next year we'll see. Um, we might be going to Costa Rica. So we'll see how, how this year goes with my business and, um, you know, get the teach, teachable part done. And, um, you know, I'll teach some regular yoga classes and practice. And I'll do some goat yoga. I've already <laughs> talked to Luella, my friend Luella. She has a goat soap and goat lotion. Now, these are things I've heard of. So you're, okay. you're, not, you're so, not throwing me off by, by putting this out there. I've heard So of I've already things. spoke with her. I said, let me get my certification. I said, we're going to do some goat yoga. Okay. So... Now, that's not my end goal. That's just for fun. But Lewis, the whole- Lewis and Thelma are over there like, hey, what about us, man? When do we get in on this action here? Oh, that would, that would be the most <laughs> awful thing ever. <laughs> You're like, 
the the goal the, is to balance the geese on your now, back. The turkeys, though, oh. they are super docile. Oh. I mean, we might be able to do something new and do some turkey yoga. You know, yoga is like it's quiet. <laughs> you know, it's it's definitely challenging. Listen, I you know if you've never done a yoga class, yeah. I mean, most people kind of look at yoga and, and you know if they've never done it before, they look at it in this process of like yeah, it's just a bunch of stretching exercises and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but. Like there is legitimately stuff that you are doing with mm-hmm. your body that is exhausting. Yeah. Right. And so, and then there's all these variations that have been happening off of it and everything else from, you know, hot yoga to again, goat yoga and all these other things that are variations that are happening with it. And so as soon as you said that in pre-show, I was like, oh, you're going to have to talk about this because like, you know, horse yoga again. I mean, I get it. You got a horse there. You got yoga going on. Now, I don't get all of it because there's definitely going to be some yoga poses that are not going to be able to happen on the back end of a horse. But your horse just be there hanging out with you. That's kind of how we're, we're talking about this as well, too, like for but some I of those have, poses. Know, and I have the perfect horses. I mean, they will just stand there. They're like, oh, we don't have to do anything? Okay, that's great. And we'll just stand there. So, I've, This is where I'd love to have, like, a mind reader for a horse. Like, you know, you're you're over there posing next to this horse. This horse I mean, is like, they have what animal in communicators the out there. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably a whole other thing. You know, horse psychics or something like that. You know, so. You know, the horses, though, they really enjoy uh, spending time with you just as much as you enjoy spending time with them. As long as, you know, you have that mutual respect. I mean, they're getting groomed. You're spending time with them. You know, so, I mean, really, it's like a win-win. So, I I think I can think of one, Sparkles. I think he's going to love the horse yoga. He's who I plan to use. Um, He's a big old, he's 15.3 hands high. He's a cream color Palomino. I mean, he's gorgeous. So, but he'll just stand there Wait, all day on. long. 15.3 hands high. Yes. Is that, what so is this? Four, four inches is a hand. Okay. So this is how you would measure your horse, and it's four, four inches per hand. So 15.3 from the hoof to the withers, which is the bump on their back. Okay. So that is how you measure your horse. So 15.3, he's, he's taller than me. I'm five. So you're teaching City Boy a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. I heard 15.3 hands. I'm like, what in the world did you just say? So, again, somebody else going to listen to this. You know, them City Slickers, they don't know a whole lot about uh, hand height. Like, I never knew. Like, if you were telling me this, I'd figure it would have been this way. So it's sideways. Yeah, so sideways. Okay. Well, and it's four inches. So my hand is not even as big as it should, yeah. you know. Yeah. So everyone's hand is yeah, different. little baby four, hands for a guy, four, too. So. Four inches, but yeah. So I'm curious to see how you're going to market this when this thing goes goes on. So. Well, there's no horse yoga out here as far as I yeah. know. Yeah. So, you know, it's I mean, we be barely us. have yoga. I mean, yeah. and there's a couple of hot yoga places. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I don't know that you've got a lot of competition in this field. Yeah. You're going to have to hurry this up because as soon as this releases, somebody's going to be like, oh, <laughs> Horse yoga, I'm going to get that done before Jennifer gets it done. I mean, Hey, there is room for everyone. If someone else wants to start some horse yoga, then that's great. Another reason to be around horses <laughs> even longer, right? I mean, so I, I just say again, I thought that was, that was definitely something interesting to end on. I definitely thought that 
that was one of the things when I heard I'd be like, did I just hear you correctly when you said that? So yeah, I knew I was going to need, I was going to need some explanation along with the, the deal. I was like, don't, don't say anymore. I'll let you explain <laughs> it when we get on air for this. So, so if people are wanting to reach you, we need to probably talk about how they can get a hold of you. And, uh, and especially if they're looking to do things like get in touch with you to schedule out, whether it's birthday parties or check for availability on camps and things like that. Cause your camps are filling up pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not real sure where camps are going to be by the time we release this as well mm-hmm. too. So, uh, so it's definitely something we'll want people to be able to reach back to you. So let's, let's talk about how they can get a hold of you. So Jennifer Stark, she's out there at Stark farms and Stark farms. I've got you out at nine zero one four Jackrabbit lane. It's going to say Brian, Texas seven. What seven, is it? Seven, seven, eight Oh eight. Right. Uh, but you're closer to Hearn yes. than Brian. Like if you're running, I was like, like wait, Brian runs up five miles outside yeah. of Hearn. Yeah, so, so we're Highway Six between Brian and Hearn, um, off twenty five forty nine. So a lot of people know it as uh, Camp Aramoon Road. Okay, they can find Stark Farms. Your preferable spot is for them to find you on Facebook. Facebook, they can you know. Call me, email, you know, anyway is fine. But I'd say most people find me on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of information on there about mm-hmm. the location as well, too. Plus, you have pictures of things that go on out there at the farm as well. Okay. Uh, and they can reach you on the phone, 979-422-0256. Yes. Email address. I didn't write that down. I had it. So I know it's on your Facebook page. It is starkstables at yahoo.com. Okay. All right. I don't know if that's the one that's on there. Anyway, doesn't really matter. You know, I want to make sure people had a way to be able to get a hold of you. So, again, Jennifer Stark, she's been running Stark Farms out there for a while now. And she's, you know, again, as, as she's transitioning, as you can tell, I mean, uh, initially going away from, you know, breaking horses and training horses and doing those kind of things to now getting people linked in and getting them back into a process of learning about horses, being able to ride with a long-term goal here of horse yoga and some other things that are going to be on the backside of this. So I'm pretty excited to see how your business is going to do uh, as you continue to move forward. And I know for you kind of talking about like, you know, your place is a laid back place. Oh, yeah. You know, there's, you're not looking to We're very be full inviting, stress and all that kind of relaxed, stuff. Yeah. Yes. I mean, all about safety, but like I said, just come as you are and, you know, we'll meet you exactly where you are. Yeah. So. And so, and again, uh, the feedback that you've gotten from people who've gone out and seen you as well, like, you know, you got a beautiful place out there, great property, it's a great place for people just to go and kind of unwind and, and just detach as well too from mm-hmm. everyday life that we all go through. So I'm very grateful for you to come on the show and talk about Stark Farms and to, to let us into a little insight into what your passion is and, uh, and grateful that you offer an opportunity for people to, again, potentially become passionate about something that reconnects them with nature, mm-hmm. reconnects them with animal. You know, horses are great animals just in general i mean it's i i tell you we we're kind of talking earlier about you know i'm that guy that like walk up to a fence and a horse comes up to the fence and i'm right out of the gate not thinking anything about horses emotional states or anything mm-hmm. like, like this horse wants me to pet it you and know you're be I mean, like what are the ears doing i know yeah you're gonna make me start thinking all these things now like oh don't touch that then saying so um, but again, we want to encourage people to reach back to you, give you an opportunity to kind of show them what you have going on. Now, even if it's just a visit, just to come out and kind of see the location and it doesn't necessarily mean that 
like come out right out of the gate that they got to come out and commit to anything. Just, you know, come out, let them yeah, show you around. Yeah, I actually get that a lot. People will say, hey, we just want to come out and yeah. see your facility and, you know, see see what you're about or whatever. See if my daughter's comfortable, you know. Sure. So, you know, run into just different personalities. Some We get a lot of kids that are really shy, and it's so funny because a lot of times the parents are like, they're never like that. <laughs> so yeah, they really say, just kind of come out of their shells. I'm pretty sure there's somebody, we'll talk off air here, but I, there's somebody that I know that I think that comes out and gets lessons from you. And, uh, and again, kind of same deal. This, this little girl is, is pretty shy and bashful in school has been through a lot, but you know, has an opportunity where, you know, I've seen some of the pictures and things like that. It's like, in their element, right? Mm-hmm. Like finding the thing that your kid can like get excited and get behind. So, and there's nothing better than that. Like I said, you know, you're going through this process of, of sharing your passion with other people who yeah. then become passionate about it as well too. So, but I'm grateful that you're in the community. I appreciate you taking time out of your day today to come spend with us and sit down and talk about Stark Farms. I encourage you guys to continue to reach back. I mean, again, this is a, a great way to spend a, a few hours just away. Mm-hmm. You know, skip the Chuck E. Cheeses and all that other stuff, man. Let's go out and see Jennifer out there and let Jennifer get you hooked into nature out there. And, you know, again, there's a lot more things that you can do out there, you know, while you're passing time. It's not just, you know, riding the horses and things like that. You know, just watch out for Lewis when you go out there. Yeah, so, watch out for Lewis. Yeah, Lewis will keep you in line. So. <laughs> guard geese going on out there so but we appreciate you coming out and spending time with us today to talk about it and again if you guys need to hit jennifer up you know best place again facebook's really probably the best place for them to quickly get in yeah. touch with you i know you keep a good close eye on that as well too so uh but we appreciate you coming out today good luck in your business in 2021 thank you and, i appreciate uh, the opportunity to have me out here it was, it was good to come out appreciate that so and uh we look forward to talking to you in the future as this horse yoga thing becomes a thing man we might might be back on air talking about a new business plan you got going on here i used to teach kids now i do horse yoga so (laughs) so, but we appreciate you guys tuning in today and listening to us and talking about stark farm today and uh again we'll look forward to talking to you guys in the future have a great day 